Section 1 of Inquiry Concerning Political Justice and Its Influence on Morals and Happiness. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Inquiry Concerning Political Justice and Its Influence on Morals and Happiness by William Godwin. Preface Few works of literature are held to be of more general use than those which treat in a methodical and elementary way of the principles of science. But the human mind in every enlightened age is progressive, and the best elementary treatises after a certain time are reduced in value by the operation of subsequent discoveries. Hence it has always been desired by the intelligent that new works of this kind should from time to time be brought forward, including the improvements which had not yet been realized when former compilations upon the subject were produced. It would be strange if something of this kind were not requisite in the science of politics, after the concussion that the minds of men have suffered upon this subject, and the materials that have been furnished by the recent experiments of America and France. A sense of the value of such a work, if properly executed, was the motive which gave birth to these volumes. Authors who have formed the design of supplying the defects of their predecessors will be found, if they were in any degree equal to the task, not merely to have collected the scattered information that had been produced upon the subject, but to have enlarged the science by the effect of their own meditations. In the following work, principles will occasionally occur, which it will not be just to reject without examination upon the ground of their apparent novelty. It was impossible, perseveringly, to reflect upon so comprehensive a science, and a science which may be said to be yet in its infancy, without being led into ways of thinking that were in some degree uncommon. Another argument in favor of the utility of such a work was frequently in the author's mind, and therefore ought to be mentioned. He conceived politics to be the proper vehicle of a liberal morality, that description of ethics will be found perhaps to be worthy of slight estimation which confines itself to petty detail and the offices of private life instead of designing the combined and simultaneous improvement of communities and nations but if individual correction ought not to be the grand purpose of ethics neither ought it be by any means to be overlooked it appears sufficiently practicable to make of such a treatise exclusive of its direct political use, an advantageous vehicle for this subordinate purpose. The author was accordingly desirous of producing a work from the perusal of which no man should rise without being strengthened in habits of sincerity, fortitude, and justice. Having stated the considerations in which the work originated, it is proper to mention a few circumstances of the outline of its history. It was projected in the month of May, 1791. The composition was begun in the following September, and has therefore occupied a space of 16 months. This period was, for the most part, devoted to the purpose with unusual ardor. It were to be wished it had been longer, but the state of the public mind and of the general interests of the species operated as a strong argument in favor of an early publication. The printing of the following treatise, as well as the composition, was influenced by the same principle, a desire to reconcile a certain degree of dispatch with the 
necessary deliberation the printing was for that reason commenced long before the composition was finished some disadvantages have arisen from the circumstance the ideas of the author became more perspicuous and digested as his inquiries advanced the longer he considered the subject the more clearly he seemed to understand it this circumstance has led him into some inaccuracies of language and reasoning particularly in the earlier part of the work respecting the properties and utility of government he did not enter upon the subject without being aware that government by its very nature counteracts the improvement of individual intellect but as the views he entertains in this particular are out of the common road it is scarcely to be wondered at that he understood the proposition more completely as he proceeded and so more distinctly into the nature of the remedy this defect together with some others might under a different mode of preparation have been avoided the judicious reader will make a suitable allowance the author judges upon a review that the errors are not such as essentially to affect the object of the work and that more has been gained than lost by the conduct he has pursued in addition to what is here stated it may not be useless to describe the progress by which the author's mind was led to its present sentiments they are not the suggestions of any sudden effervescence of fancy political inquiry had long held a considerable place in the writer's attention it is now twelve years since he became satisfied that monarchy was a species of government essentially corrupt he owed this conviction to the political writings of swift and to a perusal of the latin historians nearly at the same time he derived much additional stimulus from several french productions on the nature of man which fell into his hands in the following order the systeme de la nature the works of rousseau and those of helvetius long before he projected the present work his mind had been familiarized to several of the speculations suggested in it respecting justice gratitude the rights of man promises oaths and the omnipotence of opinion of the desirableness of a government in the utmost degree simple he was not persuaded but in consequence of ideas suggested by the french revolution to the same event he owes the determination of mind which gave birth to the present work the period in which it makes its appearance is singular the people of england have assiduously been excited to declare their loyalty and to mark every man as obnoxious who is not ready to sign the shibboleth of the constitution money is raised by voluntary subscription to defray the expense of prosecuting men who shall dare to promulgate heretical opinions and thus to oppress them at once with the authority of government and the resentment of individuals this was an accident unforeseen when the work was undertaken and it will scarcely be supposed that such an accident could produce any alteration in the writer's designs every man if we may believe the voice of rumour is to be prosecuted who shall appeal to the people by the publication of any unconstitutional paper or pamphlet and it is added that men are to be punished for any unguarded words that may be dropped in the warmth of conversation and debate it is now to be trod whether in addition to these alarming encroachments upon our liberty a book is to fall under the arm of the civil power which beside the advantage of having for one of its express objects the dissuading from tumult and violence 
is by its very nature an appeal to men of study and reflection it is to be tried whether an attempt shall be made to suppress the activity of mind and put an end to the disquisitions of science respecting the event in a personal view the author has formed his resolution whatever conduct his countrymen may pursue they will not be able to shake his tranquillity the duty he conceives himself most bound to discharge is the assisting the progress of truth and if he suffer in any respect for such a proceeding there is certainly no vicissitude that can befall him that can ever bring along with it a more satisfactory consolation but exclusively of this precarious and unimportant consideration it is the fortune of the present work to appear before a public that is panic-struck and impressed with the most dreadful apprehensions respecting such doctrines as are here delivered all the prejudices of the human mind are in arms against it this circumstance may appear to be more essential than the other but it is the property of truth to be fearless and to prove victorious over every adversary it requires no great deal of fortitude to look with indifference upon the false fire of the moment and to foresee the calm period of reason which will secede london january seventh seventeen ninety three end of section one